0: Remember that 23-year-old who I was very upset with, who was going to sail around the world? 23 years old, has a job at a company, He's going to take six months off from his job at that company to go on a boat that he's going to sail around the world in. Uh, I maybe cursed him too strongly because uh, he has given up his plan to sail around the world, which I'm not sad about. I'm not happy about it. Like, I don't want people to not achieve their dreams, but I was so annoyed. At 23 years old, I was still in university, and I couldn't take six months off anything to just dick around. Uh, So he basically... His plan to sail around the world, he left and then immediately got caught in a storm on November 12th, and then returned back... There were problems with the self-steering system and the power generation system. So he needed to come back, figure this stuff out. Uh, and he wants to try again next year. So I, how do I feel? Because part of me thinks if you have a self-steering system and a, you're not really sailing around the world by yourself, I don't know, because you got to sleep. So what do you do? I actually never thought about it before. Before we had, like, automatic systems that could steer the boat for you, which probably wasn't that long ago. People sailed around the world. I guess back then you couldn't do it by yourself. You had to do it in, like, at least pairs. So one person slept while the other one sailed the boat. Yeah, it's a weird thing. And it's, it's one of those problems that's a super rich person problem. Because you have to have enough money to buy a boat. You have to have enough money to take... 6 months off work to sail your boat with self-steering navigation systems. I couldn't I couldn't afford the self-steering navigation system, never mind the boat that it goes on. Yeah, I'm weirdly bitter about this. People's success and abilities and being rich and stuff usually nothing. I think maybe the combination of being so young and being able to do this is what's pissing me off because I was never afforded any similar opportunity in any way. I I started working at like 14. I mean nine, if you consider delivering papers, but we can skip by that. Like 14, 15, I started working summer jobs and I never was not in school. I wasn't very particularly studious. So maybe that counts. Uh, but I worked. I was... man, And I'm not going to get into my work history, but I'm trying to think of the longest amount of time I have had off. And it's got to be capped out at two weeks. I don't think... Like, I've been unemployed while I looked for jobs and stuff. I don't think that counts. It's certainly not in the same vein as I'm going to take time off and sail around the world. So... I mean, I don't want him to not sail around the world, but I do want to bitch about it. That's it. That's where we are. I'm not angry at him, and I don't want him to fail, but I do want to be able to whine as much as I am. And next year, when we revisit this topic, because I will be following his career with great interest and vile vinegar, uh, malice... I'll complain about it again next year. So look forward to that. Okay, I have a set of stories. And at the end of those two stories, I have a very sort of disturbing conclusion. There's the two parties called the Constitutional Democratic Party. I love the Japanese uh, political party names. They're all very dystopian future. The Constitutional Democratic Party and the Japan Innovation Party want a law that bans donations made to organizations under the influence of brainwashing. Even the phrasing is already like sci-fi. So I kind of like that. Uh, The ruling party wants the law that says religious organizations and corporations have to take care not to solicit donations under certain conditions. Now, this is Japan, and Japanese laws, as I've probably mentioned many, many times, are often purposely vague. But this is on purpose, in this case. Because what they're saying is, like, you can't put a ban on people being brainwashed taking responsibility. So you have to punish the company. But then the problem comes up, how do you prove someone is brainwashed? Because if you walk up to that person and go, did this religious organization brainwash you? They will say... No, that's part of the brainwashing. And in that moment, they believe it. Maybe years later, uh, when they've been deprogrammed, they will change their mind and say, yes, I was brainwashed back then. This would be like being on drugs. When you're on drugs, there's actually often a very good chance that you don't think you're on drugs. Like, So I take, let's say, medication, and the medication changes the, the chemistry in my brain, and I am happier or more angry or something. If you said, is that the medication... There might be a good chance I say no. That's just my mood today. But then later on I go, no, that was really different from what I'm normally like. That was clearly the medication having an impact. Brainwashing falls into the same category. You can't rely on the person to take responsibility for their actions in this case. So the state of mind is difficult to prove. This is aimed at the Unification Church. They have had a lot of things come out. Over the last while, we have a, their their influence in politics. We have uh, accusations of brainwashing and the, the very sort of cult-like way they run their, their group uh, is coming to light. And they're saying, like, we have to cut them off. So we need laws in place to do that. Uh, they're not targeting them, but they're saying religious organizations are included along with corporations. But corporations don't brainwash you like a religious organization might. That's the first story, is about the introduction of a new law. The Japanese government is probing the unification church specifically. Uh, What they want to do is remove their religious corporation status, therefore losing their tax exemption status. So this is very interesting, because they've got to this point where they've caused so much trouble in Japan that this religious organization is going to lose their tax exemption status, which is what keeps religious organizations afloat most of the time. Uh, The government wants to come and look at their books, which is probably the scariest thing for them to do. In conjunction with the previous law, they can say, how were these donations made? What was the, the situation? If they kept that law vague, they can apply that law to this probe. Now they can start shutting them down. Kishida is very cautious about the probe. Uh, but his approval rate has took a, a huge hit recently. He's down to like 33% now. He's worried about basically uh, the right to freedom of religion in Japan. You, Japan's very serious about the Constitution and its freedoms. Uh, this came out during the pandemic when freedom of movement is part of the Constitution. But how can you then put people in lockdown? So that was one of the problems he faced with when he took over as prime minister. But there are currently 22 civil cases going on against the Unification Church. So action has to be taken. So there's a law, and it's the right to question law. So the right to question a religious organization law. And it was introduced after the 1995 Alm attack. So if you're very young, you might not know. Alm was a cult. And what they did, if you look up on the internet, the Sarin gas attack. There's probably only be one result, and it's these people released this gas on the Tokyo subway, and it killed some people, but it had, like, long-term effects on many people who were on the train, the souring gas. And it was one of the most deadly attacks in Japan. It was, like, a terrorist attack. Uh, the founder, the, the Alm leader, their leadership, I think, in total was put in prison. Some of them were executed. It was... A big change in shift in some of the freedoms available to religious organizations in Japan. Those laws that were put into place then are now being applied to the Unification Church. Some of the things that have come out is followers without kids are encouraged to adopt kids from other followers, uh, but they've been doing this internally, so they've actually been breaking a law because you need prefectural, so you'd state permission for adoption but they've just been like oh you don't have kids you have two kids give one of your kids to this couple and they do it and they don't report it to anybody that's against the law in japan 750 kids have been moved or adopted since 1981 so all of that is happening and it's all coming out now Because of these probes and the problems with the Unification Church and uh, donations and taxes and money and all this other stuff. It's all a very complicated web of things to examine. Now, the disturbing conclusion that I mentioned earlier when I started is that this is all started because of the assassination of Abe. And Abe was assassinated by a man who made a homemade shotgun, and he was angry that the Unification Church had basically screwed over his life by indoctrinating his mother. Uh, the thing is, again, the disturbing element of this is what that guy wanted was focus brought to the Unification Church. He assassinated Abbe. Abbe was not actually part of the Unification Church. He did give a speech, uh, and his grandfather was apparently the guy who brought the Unification Church into Japan. So there was a relationship there. But he wasn't like a member. And so the guy was looking for a high level Unification Church member to assassinate, saw Abbe as a target of opportunity and took it and killed him. But that has been what has brought all this attention about the Unification Church to the media. In a very awful and dark way, he was successful. So he's like, I'm going to assassinate someone and bring the, the Unification Church to the forefront, and everyone's going to look at it, and that is exactly what's happened. And it, is, it sets a, a very scary precedent for anyone who wants something brought to the media's attention. I don't know if it would be, I don't know how you express it properly. The problem going forward is if it happens again and again and again, each time it happens, it's going to lose impact. So the fact that this was the first one, Very impactful. The second, the third, the fourth will actually have less impact. So then you have to get more creative in your way of bringing attention to a problem. Uh, certainly violence is not the way we would prefer it done. I think that's that's pretty fair across the board. Uh, but it was a conclusion. After looking like they're putting laws into place, they're examining them, they're going to take away their tax-exempt status, they're looking at things that have happened since the 80s in this organization. That's a lot that's happened. And it's all happened because this guy assassinated Abe since we're talking about taxes <laughs> i mean this is this is why you come to a podcast to have those deep tax oriented conversations cuz everyone loves shooting the shit about taxes it's it's weird the stuff i get interested in cuz i actually you know in the political realm i'm very interested in how taxes work and you hear about taxes in other countries you hear about like you're like uh, anyways. Uh, I come from a socialist democracy. I I do believe in socialism to a degree where I am very oriented towards high taxes, high services, but you have to get the services for the high taxes. The problem is when you pay high taxes and you get no service back. Um, Japan, the Japan National Tax Agency, has said that this year, 83.9 billion yen has been in undeclared taxable income, has happened, uh, basically rich people have been trying to hide their money. With the current deflation of the yen, the money isn't worth as much. They're trying to keep as much as they can to themselves and keep it hidden away from the government. This is 72% up, and it's the highest number since 2009. So 83.9 billion yen in taxable income that has been undeclared. 72% higher than previous years. There are now currently 2,227 cases of the Japan National Tax Agency looking into people's finances. Uh, this is primarily Japanese rich people making investments overseas and then not declaring the money they make off those investments. So if I make an investment, let's just say, uh, I, I just buy a stock market, which is a, a broad band of stocks. And uh, it's all American. So I invest in the American stock market, not the Asian one. Uh, It goes up. So the yen goes down and the dollar goes up. And then because all my money is now in the American stock market in dollars, I've made a ton of money Uh, if I pull that money out. I'm supposed to declare that income. And basically these rich people who have the ability to do that are not because the money is still sort of floating out there in the ether in the stock market. Uh, But that means this taxable income isn't coming back into the tax system, which means, uh, you know, services suffer because they're not getting the money they're supposed to get. And when they say tax the rich, there is a burden there, and I think it should happen. Japan is trying to tax the rich fairly. I don't think, again, they're going out of their way to, like, hurt anybody. But tax people try to hide, uh, rich people try to hide their money. The tax people are trying to get that money back. Uh, They're not trying to get more. Uh, This does happen probably in every country. Something, I think it was Sweden. Sweden's punishments are based on your income. I think it's Sweden. It's one of these sort of Nordic countries. So basically, if I'm driving, I'm speeding, and I get pulled over by a cop and I get a ticket, and I have like, let's say I have a a very mediocre income, I get the average ticket, so it's like, let's say $100. It's because I was being a bad boy. If a rich person in like a Ferrari is speeding, which is far more likely because they have a Ferrari. Um, it will be measured to their income. So it could be up to like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. There was a story of like a guy who got a hundred thousand dollar ticket because he was so rich. But I mean, that's the only way to have an impact on rich people is to have the punishment. So a hundred dollars for me, it hurts. $100 for an incredibly rich person means nothing, so they can just keep speeding because they're just gonna get these $100 tickets. Their system is, it has to hurt for everybody equally, so the relationship has to be equal. Which took me to a, oh my God, taxes are so much fun because we're talking about money now. I did read a thing and it was, uh, so let's say I'm walking and I drop one yen. Now if I'm in a hurry, it is not worth my time to stop, pick up that one yen and move on. So let's say I have to catch a train. It's not worth one yen for me to stop. So I was just like, you know what, just let it go. I'll drop the one yen, move on. What, the the story I read was, it was a long time ago. What is the equivalency of Jay-Z? What does Jay-Z have to drop to equal me dropping one yen? So like, it's not worth his time to pick it up. And I think, if I remember correctly, the number was $187. So basically Jay-Z, he could drop $187, and if he's in a rush, it actually isn't worth his time to stop and pick up $187. Uh, unrelated to Japan or news, uh, but when we get talking about money or taxes and stuff, I mean, that's actually, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. So don't, you know, don't stop those tax conversations. Have fun with it. Twitter. I actually don't want to talk about Twitter. And I don't want to talk about Elon. I, I, I'm waiting to see, I'm, I'm one of those people who's really waiting to see, will Twitter, which in the social media landscape has been an institution, will it actually fail? Because it would be really interesting to see it fail. Myspace. Uh, someone was, said to me the other day, this would be a great opportunity for Myspace to come back. But Twitter, Myspace is more equivalent to Facebook. Twitter is more equivalent to something else. That's so you need something else. So I think it was Mastodon and Hive are the two main competitors who are up and coming. As I think it was last episode, I said, Twitter has a massive presence in Japan and Elon Musk has taken notice. And he said, Elon Elon said that, oh, you know, everyone says that Twitter is very America-centric. It's actually very Japan-centric because roughly the same daily number of users in Japan is in the US, uh, despite Japan having one third the total population. So... Percentage-wise, a much larger, significant number of people in Japan use Twitter than in America. But in total, they're very similar numbers, because you have 76.9 million users in the U.S. and 58.95 million users in Japan. Elon's declaration, which is completely unreasonable. Oh, sorry, let's make that clear. That's about one-third the population of Japan uses Twitter. It's not one-third the population of America uses Twitter. So he's... So Elon's statement based off this was he wants Japanese numbers and Japanese usage in every country, which I think is a very unrealistic goal. I don't think that's going to happen, especially because every country has their own sort of social media environment that they prefer that fits what they want. So Twitter, for some reason, clicks with Japanese people. It's not going to click with every culture around the world. And again, the company may be dead soon. Am I willing to make a prediction? I am. Because if I'm wrong, it does not matter. The way it's been going, like I, Facebook, I actually thought would have been dead almost completely by now. I thought Facebook would have been like MySpace, but it's such a large infrastructure for so many people. That's why it's still alive. That's why it's still going, despite it's, it is dying. It's just dying slower than I expected. So the death of Twitter should probably mimic that. It should be dead, but slower than you expect. Because he's fired so much staff, usage is going to become worse. And that's what's good. So right now you have the the people who are like, I'm looking for an alternative. I don't like Elon Musk. Then you have people who are like, the functionality has worsened. I'm going to go look for something that's more functional. That's going to be the next group that bails. And then the young people coming up who are going to be, because if you have a social media company, what you want more than anything else is young people. They're going to look at something else. They're gonna look at Twitter and go look, all these people have already bailed on Twitter, why would I start now? And that's where the company is really gonna die. So it's really, I guess we're looking at the next generation, so it's not, I was thinking like two, three years, but it's probably more like five, maybe six, and then Twitter will just be a wasteland. It won't be anything anymore. I could probably afford to buy it. Five mayors went to a meeting. So in Tokyo, apparently, they have a meeting. It's a bunch of mayors uh, from all over Japan. Uh, 900 mayors of cities attended this event in Tokyo. This is actually scaled back over the last two years because of the pandemic. Uh, This year, it went back to normal. So I guess the pandemic is finished, although we all know it's not. Uh, This kind of attitude and behavior is really weird to me, like... We got to treat the the pandemic like it's still happening uh, to actually get rid of it. I think the problem is now people are acting like it's over, so it's just going to keep going, unfortunately, forever. A weird side issue of the pandemic is I wanted to grow a beard, but I have found that if I let my beard grow while wearing a mask, I get really bad skin. So I can't grow a beard again until we stop wearing masks, but I now am getting to the point where I think we are going to be wearing masks for years and years and years. We're not gonna. I, I don't feel like I'm going to ever go into work without a mask on again. I walk to the train station without a mask on because I live in the countryside. But on the train, I wear a mask. And then once I'm in the city again, I wear a mask. So that's most of all day when I'm outside of the house, I'm wearing a mask. Anyways, five mayors went to uh, get some food after this event in Tokyo. And they all got covid They all brought it back to their cities because the pandemic isn't over. I think anyone who's listened to Ninja News Japan for any length of time knows that I'm really interested in new laws and first arrests under those new laws. So this is the first arrest ever in Japan of someone taking online tests for companies. So if you want to join a company in Japan, they probably have some aptitude tests or skill tests or general knowledge tests that you take online. Uh, that's how they filter out some applicants. So this guy, has ta- he's been asked, this was very specific, he's been asked to take the tests for 300 people over the last six months. That does not mean he took the test for 300 people. He's had 300 requests. How many he's actually done did not was not included in the information. So I can't make a strong statement on that. Uh, as little research as I might do for Ninja News Japan, I do want the things I say to be relatively accurate. This is the first arrest of illegal production of electromagnetic records. Here's that. Electromagnetic seems out of date. I think you would just say digital, but whatever. So what he's doing, he's taking a test that creates a record in the system for the company but that has been falsified, so he's committing a kind of fraud. Arrested. I did have the secondary question of, let's say I want this job, I have my associate take the test for me, the essentially the aptitude test. I go in to do the job, what happens then? Because I didn't pass the aptitude test, I may not have the aptitude for the actual job. This is a fake it until you make it kind of situation? like. If it's technical knowledge that I don't have, it's going to be very clear that I do not have that technical knowledge. And that's where it sort of falls apart. And I think maybe they'll figure out really quick that you didn't pass the test. We have had a series of animal attacks. Uh, Most of the other animals, it was monkeys and stuff, and we had dolphins. Now it's gotten to be almost exclusively boars because we have two wild boar stories. One, quite light, a boar was running around Nagoya, sort of the outskirts of the city, and there were 10 people sort of having a picnic, and the boar charged at the 10 people, and the cops had been out looking for the boar. They'd actually heard reports of the boar uh, doing his damage. So a cop stood in between the people And the boar that was charging drew his weapon, aimed it at the boar, and said, I'll shoot you. The boar, realizing that the police officer was dead serious, turned tail and ran. Police officer did not discharge his weapon. Uh, It was really interesting. So I'm assuming it was actually the stance and the shout that made the boar go, no, not worth it versus him knowing what a gun was, unless it's seen a gun before, but I don't know how smart boars are. They seem to be like, see stuff and charge. He saw something, he was like, ah, it's big and it's not backing down. I'm not charging, this isn't worth it. That seems like more realistic to me. But in Kanagawa Prefecture, boar comes down out of the mountains into a town, starts charging people all over town. I actually hurt two people on record uh, knocked a guy down, and you know, you get knocked down in the street by a boar that's like 80 kilos. That's big. That's I am currently 87 kilos. I'm six foot tall. I'm 87 kilos. That's like maybe close to 200 pounds. This is a boar that's one meter long, so almost half my height. And like lengthwise, if I was lying down, God, it's hard to explain. Anyways, it's one meter long, but it has the same mass as me, but I'm like all fat, it's all muscle. Yeah, that's a big animal knocking people over. So you're going to get hurt. It got into an elementary schoolyard, like the field area. Uh, Animal control showed up and they had these electric prods and they were hitting it with the electric prods, but it wasn't actually doing enough to stop the boar. So this dude comes out. I had a Pokemon joke in that it was very ineffective, but I've already passed that moment. This is, I should maybe script better? Because yeah, I had it in brackets it's very ineffective. It's so like electricity type. I guess the boar is earth type and electricity type would be weak. Uh, I guess explaining the concept doesn't do much when I could have just done the joke. But welcome to the life of Chung with Beef Chess where I have really good ideas and then explain them instead of doing them. Anyway, this guy comes out. He's part of the animal control group. Uh, he has a spear, like a full-on traditional big-tipped two meter long spear and he runs the boar through and he kills it which is like really hardcore normally they would use a gun they would have a rifle or a shotgun and they would shoot the boar uh you know it's not particularly nice but it's this boar is running around hurting people so i kind of see both sides there is a point that has been brought up multiple times is no one has explained why this guy has a spear now he is part of animal control so he would have the spear and for animal control, but it defies the explanation of why do you have a spear for animal control instead of a shotgun or rifle like every other animal control person would have? No answer. Uh, Because who's going to walk up to the guy who just killed an 80-kilo boar with a spear and start questioning his methods? Because it'd be like, do you want the boar out there running around? Do you want to deal with me and the spear? Those are your choices. So it is a sad that the animal had to be killed. But an interesting side point is the animal is then taken to a facility, cleaned, and the meat from the boar is then given to local restaurants to serve. So the guy who speared the boar could go to a restaurant and eat the boar he speared, which is I don't know if that's the circle of life or just what you get for being such a badass and having a spear and killing an animal with it.